0: Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClellan, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life. All while maintaining a fucking sense of humor.
1: My pussy is purring.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Yes, it is. Hopefully, everybody can hear it purring.
1: Hey everyone, this is Catherine and Krista from the Holy Fuck Podcast. We are so looking forward to our new podcast with you today. And Before we get started, we just want to remind you that we have an amazing website called holyfuckpodcast.com and Krista and I each have our own coaching website. So if you like what you hear here, anything you think maybe we could help you with because that's <laughs> who we are. We really love to help the people we are with, which is why we're coaches and why we started this podcast in the first place. So Coaching.com and you can find me at katherinemcclelland.com and you can find us uh, on Facebook and all sorts of other crazy places like that. Yeah,
0: subscribe to us. Subscribe. Get on our Instagram. See what we're up to.
1: And share us and like us because the more you love us, the more we love you and the more people in your life we can share with and... The more love we can spread. The more love we can spread and guess what? Gives you a chance to spread it, too. So thanks so much. We're going to get started with our episode right now. Krista, take it away.
0: (laughs) Where will I take it? Where will she take it? (laughs) Well, I was kind of thinking, um, it's been a couple of weeks since we had our Bumble episode. Yes. Episode 11. Episode 11. um, I never quite got around to telling you what happened. Um, So I took your advice. Do you remember what your advice was? I do, but do you remember <laughs> what my advice was? <laughs> your advice, well, I was trying to go like, hey, I want to like get to know this person. You know, we can text for like a month and really make sure that, you know, we like each other before meeting. And you're like, nah, girl, <laughs> do not do that. Go get coffee. That like, does get not pay. Done. No, it doesn't pay. And I honestly, when you said that, I was like, no. She's not right on that. I really was resistant, <laughs> um, but I took your advice. We never resist each other, but sometimes we do. <laughs> we and right resistance is usually telling us that's the direction we need to go. So sometimes, um, like the literally the next day, it might have even been that night after the podcast, I um, messaged a guy and just said, "Hey, like when are we meeting?" And he was like, "Right away." So. Um, I so appreciate that advice because, you know, we, him and I had such great chemistry and this is actually going to lead to today's conversation. So him and I had great um, like chemistry. Texting chemistry. Yeah, Yeah, texting chemistry and it was witty and it was fun and, and like literally showing up at the date, I saw him walk down the street. And it was an instantaneous- like literally from a distance? Literally from a distance, I saw him walking and I just, my body knew, I'm like, nope. And I was like, wow, okay. But I stayed and um, you know, had the drink, ha ha. We, d- we did have a beer on the first one. You told us not to do that too. That's but okay. I, but I was like, you know what? I'm already following her rule number one, so- I'm Don't a have a second time. beer for sure. <laughs> Which I didn't. Um, but so I did stay for the date and he's a lovely person- But I could just tell instantly that the the physical chemistry and everything just wasn't there. And um, yeah, so. Awkward. But better
1: sooner than later is the only point we were making if you didn't hear the Bumble episode is meet him right away no matter how incredibly sexy, wonderful, soft, delicious, whatever it is you love about him on a text or even on the phone. Because I do have to say I was
0: disappointed when yeah. I left. I did feel that like, aw, because yeah. I did felt a little bit like I just lost this new f- friend that, you know, we Not had, again. Yeah, I know. And the other part of it is that, you know, he had texted me afterwards saying, hey, just got home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm so happy that I just right away said, "I'm, you know, it was so great meeting you, but this isn't going to be a love match for me. And I had a lot of fun. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there was a couple sentences back and forth. (laughs) Basically, he said, yeah, I knew you weren't into me within the first 10 minutes. And I was like, oh, (laughs) guys can tell. Yeah, but it felt good to energetically cut that like right away because I could already tell that like, oh, if he texted a couple more times and then I tried to stay friendly just to be nice and it just keeps that energy attached and that kind of felt yucky. So it felt really good to just... Get on the phone, make the date, have the date, clean it up, move on. So that's my story. <laughs> so how does that relate to our current topic today? What are we talking about? Well, um, so I read this amazing book that came my way. It's called Attached, and it's by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. You know, of course, I read the book out of the blue oh. and – the minute I start talking to people about it, everyone's like, oh my God, I read that book. Even you, you were like, oh yeah. yeah, I read that book. It was amazing. And like three other people like raved about it. I'm like, how come everyone's raving about this book and no one has thought to like <laughs> tell me that you know, there's a it solution. It was not your time. But it's a solution to all of my problems. <laughs> possibly, but possibly not. So the reason this um, has to do with the date is because I was like, you know, what is it about that? guy on Bumble that made me connect so quickly to him. And after reading this book called Attached, I realized it's because this guy is what they call a secure person in relationship. So the book is about, um, it describes three different types of people in relationship. right? And this can be to me, I read it. I, of course, they were probably talking about love relationship in this book, but I took it to mean no.
1: I think they're talking family, about every kind kids, of relationship. All of that, yeah, all kinds of relationships. Um,
0: so, but we will always make it about re- love relationships because right. <laughs> that's who we are. <laughs> that's right. Um, so they have the secure relationship or the secure person, the anxious person. That's me. And me. Yes. And yes. then they have the avoidant um personalities and or I shouldn't say personalities, just tendencies. We'll sort say. of they just call them types. Yeah. I think. And what I liked about the book is they weren't saying that any type was better than the other. They were just saying there's these three types, and when they interact together, you can either have harmony or you can have chaos. Dis- or you harmony. can Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you can have like you know, it's all right, but, you know, not the full-blown happiness. Yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: I have some curiosity about this, um, which we'll probably have to touch on later. Mm-hmm. But right this second, I suddenly had this thought of like, oh, well, what creates the spark? Is it the—so does the disharmony create the spark and the adrenaline—well, the, the adrenaline spark? Mm-hmm. And— the really securely attached guy who's not doing any of the other behaviors that you're going to explain to us in a minute. Right. There's no zip (laughs) or zing with that because you don't have any history zinging you in your adrenaline Mm -hmm. department,
0: right? Yeah, no, that's a great um, thing to bring up because, so basically what they're talking about is, okay, a secure type would be like the people that you see who, let's just use marriage, They're in marriage, they're pleasant to each other. When one of them has a problem, they come to each other, they have a talk about it, it gets resolved. I'm not saying they don't have issues or arguments. It's just that for the most part, they're not like activating each other's solar plexus Right, that's the biggest thing. They're not
1: reactive to each other. Yeah,
0: it's like they go off to work, they do their jobs, they come home, they do what they have to do. The anxious, which we've both identified ourselves as, um, we are more, like, needy. And oh, we try to is, hide it a lot. <laughs> we try to hide it a lot. And it's not, it, the thing is, is that neediness gets kind of a bad rap. And this book, which I love, says it's okay to have needs. And I know you tell me this all the time, but yeah. I didn't quite I couldn't quite hear it from you sort at the of time. different. Yeah. So there's neediness that's kind of over the top where you just can't even like function because you're so needy. And I'm not talking about that. I'm just like saying, hey, I need somebody who calls me two times a day just to check in with me. That makes me feel safe. So the anxious people need a, like more connection. Because they need to be reassured. That's mm-hmm. the anxious people
1: have a tendency to feel not connected and... I think what I remember is they are, have a tendency to sort of make up stories mm-hmm. and, and attribute the other person as doing things to hurt
0: or scare them. Mm-hmm. I uh, haven't done that at all over the last year. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that part of the anxious? Yes, yeah. totally. It's a lot of storytelling. And, and they basically say that anxious people, their lives revolve around love. Like, they wake up in the morning, they're thinking about love. They're at lunch, they're thinking about their partner. They're always constantly thinking Hmm. about their significant other. And I found that really interesting because I think I felt bad about myself in the past of like, God, why am I so consumed by relationship? And it's just because it's really important to me. Wow, I'm really
1: curious about that because um, from what we know also is that women have a tendency to be more relational anyway,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I'm curious if an (laughs) anxious-type woman is going to have this sort of double experience of kind of a nervous system that falls
0: into fear of, oh, my God, I don't know if this is stable or not. I don't know, because think of that one past boyfriend I had that was over-the-top anxious. Like okay. over, over, over the top, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if we can yet say women or men, because it probably also has to do with whether we have past traumas around it or situational yeah. things. I was just
1: looking at the double piece of women who already have a focus on relationship. Right, I know, I hear you. So I, I'm just curious, like book does not give me an answer for that.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think it does. I'm just <laughs> curious about it. All right, anyway, back to you. Well, and to you. Back to me. That's <laughs> anxious. Um, and so, you know, the anxious people need a lot of, like, if their partner's going away for the weekend, they kind of need the partner to say, hey, I'm going away this, you know, in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Going away this weekend, and I just want you to know that um, I know I'll be gone. But when I get back on Sunday, let's have like let's have a and date. I love you, and, and everything's I love you. okay. <laughs> exactly. So we need a little bit more prep, and we need a little bit more assurance of it's going to be okay. Yeah, that makes us feel good. Yeah. The avoidance people, the avoidance, they um, you know they still want intimacy and they want relationship. It's not that they don't. It's just that when relationship gets to close to intimate, something inside of them wants to pull back. Okay. Which if they're with someone who's secure, no problem. It's not that big of a deal because they pull back. The secure person's like, Hey, it's fine. I'm secure. Go do your thing. Take your time. But if miss anxious over here (laughs) gets in relationship with an avoidant, we've got issues. Which may have happened yeah you think
1: yeah I think it may have happened may yeah. have happened you know it's so curious because I'm also wondering what happens if I think it's only in those moments of heightened like you you can be okay with an avoidant you can be okay with another um type of Anxious. Avoidant and anxious you mm-hmm. until something happens, and you don't realize that you actually have that going on underneath. Right. And so I think maybe that's when people get suddenly surprised, where they think everything's fine, they're going along great, and then someone starts to pull away because it got super intimate. Mm-hmm. And then if it's an anxious person there, they're not going to be able to let them pull away. They're going to start pursuing them. Now they're going to run for the hills. They're like, see, this was too much. I knew it all along. Yeah, and it plays into their story. The story that they've created, it starts to happen. Someone will try to take me over and I will be enmeshed and eaten alive by this person. Mm
0: -hmm. So the relationship that I was in and out of for the last year, it played to those characteristics of anxious and avoidance. So you know all those times i just needed someone to say hey i love you it's okay i know we're going through this thing or i know i've done this thing that's upset you but i love you we're going to work through it that would have made me feel <sighs> settled right but the tendency of an avoidant is to pull away and go i need not even to say i need space right just to disappear and pull away and then when that happens it stirs up the anxiousness even more and it makes me want to attach more and Get involved more, which then repels the appointment even further. Right.
1: So when you say get attached more, it's like obsessively, mm-hmm. so, that, so that you're constant. So it goes from being, there's nothing wrong with being an anxious type, like, mm-hmm. to there's something very wrong with this anxious type because you're so overwrought
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can't get what you need from your anxious. Part, from, from your avoidant, avoidant partner, partner, right. partner, right? So you're just like begging for the what you need, and they can't give it to you. They, so it's they sort literally of a can't, right? You can't stop, and they can't stop what they're doing. So it's this recipe for disaster, unless you know about it,
0: right? And even if you know about it, it still, you know, it creates a lot of challenges. So the the book is saying, like, you know, you have two secures together, it has a really high chance of being pleasant and peaceful and loving. Um, any of the combinations work except for the anxious and avoidant. It's just because you will constantly be activating. Well, anxious and anxious doesn't sound so good either. No, but um, that's probably where we get into like codependent relationships. Uh-huh. So I think of like a family member that I have that is anxious and I'm anxious. And growing up, we were so close, uh-huh. like really, really, really close. Then when we got you know, dis- d- distanced by distance. <laughs> physical <laughs> space. Physical space. It was very painful to pull us apart. And this is what they say about anxious people. Yeah. They stay in, re- in not so healthy relationships a lot longer than the other types because the fear of separating mm-hmm. or that fear of not being in that person's present is so painful. They would rather stay in the relationship than leave it and
1: s- Yeah, that's curious, too, because I was thinking about the avoidant type. I think sometimes maybe they stay too long, too, because they pull away so they're safe, so they can pretend like they're still in the relationship, and they can still have all this sort of arguments about whether they're supplying the other person with what Mm -hmm. they need, but their, their avoidance is actually kind of an anxiety, too, like... They express that by yes. avoiding versus by coming closer, but it's still, I'm not secure,
0: and, and then I'm they afraid get safe. of being a mesh. So, so when so- they pull back, they get that safety feeling, and then they go, oh, it's not so bad. That person isn't so bad. I can do this, and I really miss that person because I do love them. And then they back come in. back in. And then Touts. the anxious person goes, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're back. I love you. Let's spend time together. Let's do this. And the avoidant goes, whoa, 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 whoa. and it goes again. Right. But what was interesting is they're like, the avoidant people, they love their partners.
1: But yeah, they what but happens so is they do
0: all these behaviors <laughs> that make the anxious think they don't love, and then it creates the story. So a lot of behaviors that they list for the avoidance, cheating keeping secrets, um, you know, things like that, because it's a way of them protecting their space or a way of like saying to the anxious, I'm going to do th- this and you're not going to stop me. And it's going to show you that I, I am the master of my domain. It's their way of keeping control. Oh,
1: that's so interesting. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. Um, And I just, from my personal experience, would say that my current partner, Mr. Delicious, and I are probably anxious avoidant. Really? Yeah, and what I see is that we've both grown a ton Mm. through those things, and we know about them, not that we necessarily use this language. Right. But I can feel when I need him to just say... Hey, babe. I love you. I'm really busy. I'll be back tomorrow because I really have to focus. Mm-hmm. I just need him to say that. Right. There have been a few times where I remember him, him doing things like, Hey, you know what? Just really offhandedly. I'm going to take the night off. That totally triggers me. I remember the night that. Off yeah. For me. I'm like, <laughs> really? Oh, well, if it's that much trouble watching a, and so the anxious person pushes you away now. Then that like, yes, because the anxious
0: has behaviors that then they do, and right? the anxious is usually like, oh yeah, if you're going to take the night off, but guess what, I'm going to go out to the bar and I'm going to flirt with that guy. Okay, that's and it's like, Krista's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it's actually listed in the book as like, some yeah, of no, the, I definitely would past, do the
1: same thing, but I would do it differently. All I'm saying is, mm. I would do the okay, fine, you go do that, I'll go out with my friends, mm. or I'll go invest in something that's going to take me away from you for a week.
0: You know, Do you think that, though, is you and your mature
1: anxious? I think the mature anxious is the one who can say, I feel anxious, mm-hmm. I need yes. this. And his mature avoidant can say, I love you, and I'm still still going to take this space because I need it. Mm-hmm. And then we both get what we need.
0: Right. And that's the, what they're saying for is the only kind of solution for an avoidant and an anxious to be together is that they have to work so hard at their communication. And the tricky part of it is the avoidant, this is what the book says, the avoidant has to really lead that conversation because the anxious literally cannot settle until the avoidant says, I love you, I'm here, what are your needs?
1: Yeah, I guess I could see that. I could see that, but also... Maybe maybe the first step has to come there, but the other step has to be that the avoidant—or no, I'm sorry, the anxious—says, okay, you can go. Like, right. okay, go. Because if I can't ever say, okay, go,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then the avoidant can't get that need for space to get his equanimity back and his balance
0: back. Right? But you can't say, okay, go, unless he gives the, it, I love you. And that, You can say, okay, go. But, but if he saying, hasn't said all that in, internally, your sh- like, like solar plexus are activated and he's gone. And the whole time you're starting the story, I wonder why he's going. Why did he have to go? Da, 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 da. You know, when we is he
1: just avoiding me? I can tell you the first few times we were separated for a couple days mm-hmm. for one that weren't mine, like I wasn't traveling or whatever. Right. It was crazy how fast I could watch myself how fast the story would start. Mm-hmm. about he was going to break up with me when he got back. He was just taking space so that I he could kind of let me know things weren't perfect. And then when he came back, and then like one time he took his clothes with him, and so mm-hmm. his drawer was empty. And I was like, oh, he's—and this is, this is what the book talks about, right? You mm-hmm. make up stories to fit the structure that you're going to be abandoned. Right. And that's what the anxious is. Oh, my God, I'm going to be abandoned. I know I'm going to be abandoned. I have to make sure I fix this. In that to. same
0: loop— operated with me in that last relationship last year over and over and over. So the reason I'm loving this book so much is because I'm like, oh, I'm not crazy. He's not crazy. Yeah. We just have our type, and it kept repelling each other. And whenever we would get space for a month or two and we would settle, then we would can come back into each other, and it feels peaceful again. And I feel, ah, oh, he's here. He's present. I feel physically safe again. And then we start the pattern over and, <laughs> and
1: I can see Does this where, sound familiar to anybody seriously? else because I have to say <laughs> I can't imagine that it wouldn't feel familiar to other people.
0: But it also made me see like why I was able to stay in my marriage for so long because he was a secure. Right. And my crazy or no my matter anxious, what you did, hidden face. And I would say with um, you know, my Mr. Friends with Benefits, it's like He was the same way. He was just so—he just could hold such a space for me that whenever I would get triggered, he just—it was like—I was not crazy in his eyes. Yeah. And that felt really safe.
1: That is really good. But here's the part. Wait, I got one too. Okay. Okay. Which
0: one? Because it's going back to what you were saying earlier about the fire and the passion. That's what I was about to say too. Okay. So what the book says. Fire and
1: passion. You say it, then I'll tell you my story. Okay.
0: Okay. So what—so I'm in this marriage— it's peaceful, and uh, it's peaceful. It's peaceful. It's it's going easy and easy and easy. And all of a sudden one day I'm like, oh, I must not love this person because, you know, I don't. There's where's the passion? Where's the fire? Where's the spark? There's no, you know, if I loved him, then we would be disagreeing and arguing and, uh, and making up and all that stuff. And so what happens with the anxious is they start to think this isn't what love is because it's too easy. I'm not anxious enough. I'm not anxious enough. And so what has happened for me is like, whenever I would meet these people who would trigger that anxious feeling, I would go, oh, it's my soulmate. There's so much love and passion. I just have to be with that person. And I identified it as love. Right,
1: right. And so I get that. And I think what's super interesting to me in this conversation right now is the way that my partner is attractive to me, mm-hmm. and I'm attractive to him, and while there is an element of triggering each other because of this polarity of some pol- sort. yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a polarity. Um, it's n- because we've matured through it so much. Mm-hmm it actually adds to the sort of sexual tension, the polarity, the interest. Because when he does move away with the energy of, Consciousness, I'm, I'm like, here, I love you, and I'm moving away, it still gives me the space. So finally, the anxious part of me gets to relax and realize I do need space too. Mm-hmm. And then yes. I get my space, he gets his, and then we come back together from this place where, like you said, you get a break from each other, mm-hmm. where in... I can say at least one of my marriages where we were two anxious types, and we were tr- like, this is why I was going to say that thing about your marriage <laughs> idea not a good idea. The two oh, about anxious types, about- well, I'll tell you in a sec. So, the two anxious types together where you think that would feel like passion,
0: mm.
1: it didn't feel like passion. It felt angry and scary because neither of us could get that one thing we needed, which is, I love you, I'm here.
0: Oh, I didn't think anxious and anxious was passion. I don't remember saying that. Well,
1: no, you said something like
0: you— I said it was codependent, so in it In your felt anxious
1: like- with your husband who was so secure, you were like, oh, there's none of that. Oh, right. So I must not love him. Right. And what I'm saying is even in the— too anxious together doesn't work in, in my mind because there's so much anxiety that— You're just constantly trying to get your needs met, and neither of you are capable of getting it. Mm -hmm. Where the avoidant person can actually actually be together, though.
0: So the two anxious, at least they're physically side by side. Yeah, but you probably
1: are about to kill each other. I mean, there's (laughs) some very, very strong (laughs) thoughts about you know too much anxiety in the same space explodes.
0: Well, that's why I stayed with that one boyfriend for so long. Like I was anxious. He comes in anxious, but he was 100 times me anxious. Right. And, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why would you, like, put up with that? But think about it. There was a part that he was fulfilling in me because he wasn't going to leave. So if I'm anxious, him being anxious, too, actually was, like, even more glue keeping Mm -hmm. us together. And so... For the beginning of the relationship it's like well that's why we were so attached and we could never leave each other's side well that and, happened
1: yes that, but, re- but then it but later
0: it went over the tipping point where it was like oh my god can you please leave for an hour can you please get out of the house can you please like and then I and I think that that was why when we broke up it was so hard because I had to find it within myself to, break to up. pull us apart when there's a part of me inside that it was going against the grain
1: okay. I got one for you. How about when have you switched teams? So I have a relationship. <laughs> what team are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the team we're talking about. Okay. Um, team anxious or team avoidant? Yeah. Okay. And noticed neither of us are ever <laughs> going to be secure. Um, but when I was in one relationship where my partner was anxious in a very, very needy way, mm-hmm. not a belligerent way, but a needy way, mm-hmm. I started feeling like I was being completely sucked out, like my soul was being sucked out. It's yeah. happened to me in one other relationship, very significant in my life. And I just had to get away. And I, it was so surprising to me to experience that. And I had no idea what to do with it because I'm usually the one who's like, oh, I gotta play, <laughs> I gotta play, I wanna play. And in the beginning, of that relationship, we were that way. I was, con- we were constantly together, and we loved it. And we were always, la-la-la-la. and then it was like I couldn't get him off. You became Excuse the me. avoidant. I did. I became I couldn't the avoidant get him in that relationship. It was yeah. like, get off me! Oh my god, I can't get him off me. It was tricky. It was really tricky, and finally, I literally had to say, "Like, we have to break up. I can't do this anymore." Yeah, but so surprising to see how I can actually shift, and that's what I meant—shift teams. is yeah. team avoidant and team
0: anxious. Yeah, like I don't know if we can ever fully go into another team. I'm. It's. We'll see, but I definitely feel like we can grow and mature into the best version and the the least needy and the least avoidant that we can possibly be in order yeah, to. That's what I feel. Kind of. Be normal in relationship, be secure. Freak everybody out. Be secure,
1: and I think, I do think that we that since anxious and avoidant are actually just two sides of the same coin. It's fear of intimacy. It's fear of abandonment. How do we protect ourselves? And it's all of those behaviors Mm -hmm. that have completely competing needs. It's like when this is how it feels to me. Over the many years it's taken me and my partner to grow through those two types, now we can see them when they start to show up. Right. And like, you can't actually just go and let me hallucinate the worst case scenario. Right. And that will really, and it'll really help me if you don't. And I'll be the whole time knowing, and I'll still be, oh, his clothes aren't here. Oh my God. I think he's leaving forever.
0: He comes home, he's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> They do say that the anxious is um, like the most dedicated partner. So if you, if as an avoidant, if you can give the anxious what they need to feel safe, if you can find it within yourself to give them those couple words, they will be the most solid, they'll relax, and they will be the most dedicated, and they will actually be a really good partner for an avoidant. It's just, you got to give them the I love you, and it's going to be okay part first.
1: You know, I think that the... um Avoidant needs the same thing. If if the anxious can give the avoidant the space, mm-hmm. I believe the avoidant is actually a very, very dedicated and loyal um, partner also. And certainly in my case, I see that when I can overcome <laughs> the crazy, like we like to call it, instinctual grabbing on behavior from my wounds, and I can allow him the space he needs to Flourish and grow and explore his business and do all the things that he loves to do and hike and all those things, camp, camp. (laughs) I was literally I was about to come out of my (laughs) my mouth. (laughs) Uh, We really both are incredibly happy, loyal, connected. Mm -hmm. It's like beyond our wounding and our anxieties at this point in our life. I am sure that we would never have been able to be together
0: earlier. Right. I would have been
1: way Timing. too over <laughs> the top and he would have been way
0: too running away every 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's really hard when someone says like, "Oh, you're too needy." And I cuz I think I started thinking something was wrong with me. Yeah. And and in a way, there were some levels of that that were true. I was looking to him to fulfill certain parts of myself or make me feel safe and sure. to yeah. To a degree that was a lot to ask of another person, mm-hmm. and it, I guess because I'd had ex-husbands and nurture man to you know be secure people that I knew what it felt like to be held in that space, but still with this person saying "You're so needy, you're so needy," I was like, "There is definitely a lesson in here for me." Yeah, and so I see the evolution this year of I've he's forced me to become way more independent than I've ever wanted to be, and now that I've become independent. I do see like, um, some good in that, meaning like, I can be out in the town by myself and feel fine. I don't need a friend to go to a restaurant with me just so I can go out and have fun. Like I can do all of those things myself, and I really would prefer to be doing them. With somebody.
1: And if he would say, honey, I'm going to take a couple days and go do some work and really focus on my business. I love you. Really, go have fun. Go do whatever you want. Now you're really free.
0: Yeah, and because it cuts a tether. For my anxious mind, it cuts a tether of like worrying about, oh, you know, is he going to call? Maybe I should get off my phone in case he calls. Or like, you know, like there's this thing that operates in the anxious where we accommodate too much, Mm -hmm. where we're like, oh I you know, my girlfriend's asked me to go out tomorrow night, but what about if he calls? I want to make sure my night is free because he's avoided for so long. This might be the one night where he comes back, and then if I've made like, you know, a date, then, oh, then I'm going to miss my one opportunity, and then... Then I'm going to feel And then imagine,
1: bad. Krista, that, that you've had three or four experiences where going away has also been really hard.
0: Like uh, there's been a way
1: <laughs> of going away that's been really hard. Like betrayal or... Right. So now... Yes. When he comes back, you don't know what you're facing. Exactly. And now your anxiety goes up. And so now you're double anxious or triple anxious or exponentially mm-hmm. anxious. Mm-hmm. And this whole house of cards, there's just no way for Even if we're not talking about a specific situation, which right. we might be, <laughs> the, the whole thing doesn't have a chance. Right. And it's great that you recognize that like these two months off where you have a break up, return mm-hmm. each other's stuff, and then it would all calm down. Mm-hmm. And then the feelings would arise again of we're so attached and we care so much about each other and we're such good people and our psychology is just battling Bumping. each other like yeah. crazy. And you hear know,
0: that term push and pull. So yeah. this is um, a good thing to it, like perk your ears up if you use that with your, you know, this is for our audience, if you use that with your re- um, relationship of like, oh, there's always so much push and pull, push and pull. Well, to me, that's uh-huh. the polarity. That's the anxious and the avoidant. You wouldn't have that push and pull if there was a secure person involved.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because they would accommodate. I'm, I'm still so curious about the <laughs> sexual polarity because I think maybe maybe some of the sexual polarity is the push and pull and the bumping up against each other and then the kind of desire for each other where maybe a super secure person, the reason they go looking for an avoidant person or, or an anxious person is to get some juju because yeah. maybe they're actually so solid that they don't get a lot of that kind of bounce and polarity and excitement that we provide <laughs> our partners. <laughs> Doing a public service, once again, Kristen and Catherine <laughs> are showing up as anxious, so they can offer you uh, a lot of different
0: kinds of experiences. Speaking about sex. Yes, were we? So if you, <laughs> yes, you said it. Oh, um, I said public. So if you're an anxious and an avoidant, in sex, you know, there's this thing where Hmm. the sex is over. And if Uh. the avoidant (laughs) jumps out of bed and starts checking his text or goes and starts cleaning the house or something, something like that is so, so painful to an anxious. And to someone who's an avoidant is like, what's the big deal? I just got out of bed and went pee or did did whatever, you know? And it's like the anxious is sitting there like, (gasps) feeling like, the energy has been broke. The, there's separation all of a sudden. Why isn't he or she sitting here hugging me and stroking my hair still? Like, to me, that literally feels like being ripped apart.
1: I've done, I know. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I just remember this certain person I was dating a year or so ago uh, who would come and go with such great regularity. was so extremely important. Or, I'm, no, I'm actually. No, I, actually, we were still no, on that topic, I didn't huh? mean that. But what I meant was in my life, like he would show up for twelve hours, oh. and then he would be gone for three months, and mm-hmm. th- and he had all these women lined up. He was handsome. He had some money. He was a nice. He was well spoken. He was funny. He was oh, I remember this guy. You remember him?
0: <laughs> Y'all
1: might definitely too. don't use an accent. Whatever you do, wee um, wee. Oui, oui. No, I don't know what that's Not that would accent. <laughs> not that accent. But. Uh, just to notice how long I stayed mm. interested in Him mm-hmm. and kind of not even, like, it wasn't even anxious really because I knew we weren't in a relationship. But there was an element of that. I was being loyal to someone who was not right. in my world. Because like, anxious are loyal. they are really, trying to create a yeah. relationship where someone's already told us there isn't one to be had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really want to offer our audience to really consider, let these things float around. I'm sure we've all had a different variety of different relationships, and perhaps we do shift and change. How, do you remember times when you've been avoidant? Do you remember times when you've been completely the one who's coming from anxious? and
0: Well, I think with Nurture Man, um, I did some of the avoidant behaviors yes, in did. order to create a boundary with him because I knew— Like, even though he was secure, I knew that he wasn't my person for the long run. So I did, said some of the, like, literally the classic sentences out of this book that the avoidance say. It's like, I said some of those things to him. And so I'm like, oh, I was doing that to show him not to bond with me. Don't, you know.
1: Yeah, what's interesting about that and what's different about that is you were actually trying to avoid relationship with him. Right. So it wasn't as if you were in relationship being avoidant, although there were probably days where you were doing that. Mostly, you were trying to be friends and hold a boundary, which meant you were doing avoidant behaviors which are I'm not your person. You mm-hmm. know, don't keep because the
0: words weren't working. You know what I mean? Not saying I don't want to be in a relationship Eventually, wasn't working. Yeah. So I started to have to do the behaviors. So what's interesting about that is, so for people who are dating in the active process of dating right now, what this book is saying is if you're setting up dates or having communication with someone and they start giving some of the behaviors on the avoidant um, list, then they're like, run. Like, do not invest if you're an anxious and you show up to coffee and the person gives a couple of these key sentences that are avoidant. They're like, just end the date and go. It will, ne- it will not. Work, it will cause you so much stress. Would be really funny if you were on the date and you'd be like, you know what? Do you know you're an
1: avoidant type? (laughs) Because I'm actually, this, I don't think this is going to work because I'm an anxious type and I would need you to be different than you are for that to work. Exactly. Hilarious. Could you imagine
0: saying that? If everybody knew these three words and could identify themselves in that way, it would make the dating so much easier. It would be like, you know, you just, because again, you're not judging. It doesn't matter if you're an avoidant. Right. It Doesn't matter if you're the anxious type. There's nothing wrong with it. It just is who you are. I and want it, to be a secure type. Well, we. I'm jealous. All would want to be now. secure, and the reason we'd all eventually want to be secure is because then we can have love, sex, well, and peace all at the same time.
1: And and since we're a spiritual spot podcast now, oh, spodcast. <laughs> we're spiritual spot. No, we're podcast because we're spiritual. Um. I would like to say that one of the ways that I know that you and I have both worked with these parts of ourselves that were established and through our human lives and conditioning were either we came in this way and it was exacerbated by our lives in terms of our parents or the way our childhoods went or Mm -hmm. whatever our traumas were, or we just came in this way, who knows, there's a way in which when you establish contact with your connection with the spiritual world that you begin to become secure on this planet Mm -hmm. because you no longer are actually holding on to another person as giving you everything you need. And one of the things I know about me and I know I've seen in you is when we took time away from the things that were essentially hurting us because of how we were behaving in them— And how our avoidance <laughs> partners were behaving, that we would remember to go back and do our spiritual practice.
0: Which for me, a lot of times meant going and looking at his avoiding, avoidant tendencies and looking at my the ways in which I was doing the avoidant tendencies. Like, that was the way I was healing. Like, oh, when have I done that behavior? Oh, I did it with this person in that way. So it was... I think he's doing the same thing. Like, how is he being needy? Or, you know, we're both having to look at the opposite sides of the coin in order to grow and be more compassionate for the other person. Yeah, and I
1: think you're right on that because we talk about projection. We realize that, you know, we're holding the other person. And and as there are two sides of the different coin, then we're going to be able to see them. And what I was talking about was slightly different because that's sort of the psycho-spiritual side of it where Mm -hmm. we're always trying to heal ourselves through seeing ourselves mirrored. Right. What I really mean is diving back into our practice where we remember that we're not alone on the planet that we have we have a part of us that's actually connected to a greater whole that we have a still small voice inside us that mm-hmm. the world becomes safe as we can hold this and probably why maybe people like you and I are more have a more of a tendency to go deeper into sort of spiritual conversation to find to those roots. To find the roots. Secure. We're finding the roots yeah. of security. Maybe secure people have those roots, mm-hmm. and they never lost their contact with them, and maybe we did. So just another way, you know, if you're single or you're dating or whatever, if you cannot find yourself, you cannot go on that date. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people always say this thing about if you don't love yourself, you're never going to find a partner. Right. How many of you out there are sick of hearing <laughs> that? Because I was sick of hearing it. What it really means is if you don't know that you are whole and loved and your loneliness is a product of the fact that you've forgotten what an amazing, essential being you are. Right. If you don't know that, when you go on a date, you're so vulnerable to being either of the those two extremes and really not being able to find space in the middle where you can drop in. And I think right now that my relationship is full of both of us having healed a lot, come through some big experiences. I do say he's the only other person on earth I know that has as much (laughs) international trauma as I do. But we've been able to heal that to the point where we actually feel secure in ourselves most of the time with these slight aberrations where right. I need to give him <laughs>
0: a little tweak space
1: here. and he needs to reassure me. Okay. I love you. I but think ongoing. that's, I'm
0: glad you're sharing this part of your relationship with me in the audience. Cause I, I did, I did read this book go and go, Oh my God, there's no hope for an anxious and avoidant. And you know, if, okay, if you're on the dating scene and you meet someone, yeah, run. Yeah, but if run. you're in marriage and you've been married for 15 years, they're not, the book isn't saying run or divorce. They're saying, okay, those are your challenges. Those are your limitations. Now, here are some ways in which you guys can start accommodating each other so you can deactivate everybody's right. stress. Right. And, you know, the other part thing I want to just touch on for a moment is I've really been able to look at each of my children Mm -hmm. and identify them as one of these. And I can see why, you know, I have one that we bump up against each other more and it's harder to have a connected relationship with them. And it's because I'm the anxious, they're the avoidant. And so now that I know that, It's almost Mm. like I don't have to take it personally. And I've been taking it personally Mm. all these years of like, oh, was I not a good enough mother? Did I not do enough? Did I not hold them enough? Did I not like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I just have a certain way of showing love and receiving love. And they have that. And it's been bumping because I've been having an expectation in their direction. And so- I've found a lot of peace around this situation, just going like, oh, that's just who they are. That's their kind of their love style, their love language. How can I start accommodating that, not taking it personally? Let them be. Let them have their space. Let them come to you. Let them come to me and not take it as that I've done something wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know that. I've noticed it shows up in a lot of relationships. I would say my best friend and I have... um, have the similar dynamic. Mm. And when we were younger, I was, you know, constantly be calling her and trying to stay connected. And she'd be like, okay, I love you. <laughs> I got to go. And I remember one time saying to her, if you're need something or you're upset or you need to go, if you could just say, I love you. I need to say like, this is not working for me or right, I'm going to go or whatever. So I mm. don't have this. Like my best friend's going away forever. Of course, at that time, I didn't identify it. Anything like this. I just. Right. I just figured I knew she was just something, and I was just (laughs) something else. So I just think it's so fascinating. It shows up
0: everywhere. Thank God my best friends are secure. She's had to really, (laughs) like— My best friends are secure now, too.
1: And I actually think the same thing's happened with she and I that's happened with my relationship, is Mm, that both of us have come into the mature, like, lifted up into the secure maturity. Now we talk to each other when we can. Without any yeah. strings and tightness, right. and you have to, and
0: yeah, it's so all good there. It is, and you know, for our audience, if you see yourself struggling with some of these types, and you know, want to get some healing around that, that's what you and I do. It's like we we're we're doing it for ourselves. It's like we read a book, we get a new concept, we're like, oh, we apply it to ourselves. We use it with our relationships. We shift and change and grow. And that's how we like to assist our clients. So, you know,
1: I would also like to say that we have a very big level of competency in the ability to work within ourselves. We know how to get in and out of mm-hmm. our own psyche and our own spirituality and our own bodies mm-hmm. so that we can give people those same tools that if you just walked up and read this book as a random person that didn't have the same kind of training. That we have, you might not be able to apply it in quite the same right. way. You
0: can get so, it mentally, but actually applying it into your life and using it, that's using a whole it and different story. Seeing
1: how it's affecting you. You might see bits of it, but so all we're suggesting to you is you can read a book, you can get a lot out of it, but sometimes, and of course, this is just completely a plug for our services, but we love to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And we want you to know that to actually incorporate these things, certainly we've done tons of care for ourselves, tons of coaching to ourselves and from ourselves. So we know you can't just read it in a book and expect it to hit home. Right. So if you ever need us for any reason, remember we're both at holyfuck.com. <laughs> Holyfuckpodcast.com. Holyfuckpodcast. I think you would have found us anyway at this point. We're starting, <laughs> we're starting to get a oh, little Oh, I don't know. I think holyfuck.com would be something completely different. It might, it might be, you know? You might <laughs> and be... it might be fun too. Okay. And then there's KristaKimCoaching.com <laughs> and <Catherine McClelland. laughs> <dot> com. <laughs> so lots of love to all of we you. Love you. You know what we want you to do. And again, that book,
0: Attached, Amir Levine, Rachel Heller.
1: Shout out. Thank you for the book, you guys. Thank you for the book. Yep. Spread the love.